Hey friends, this is Methodist Musings, where we discuss important issues and topics for Christians to ponder. Uh, today we're talking about being in quarantine and talking about heaven, an exciting, uh, important topic to consider as Christians. My name is John Duff, and I'm the assistant pastor here at Centenary United Methodist. And I'm Chris Morgan. I am the lead pastor at Centenary United Methodist Church in Danville, Kentucky, and we're glad to be with you all today. Yeah, it's exciting that we um, get to do this. We actually had trouble. Well, we, it took a while for us to get this to work because we have not done this before, where we stream from our own houses and for chris it's really just his room right that's right i can find my room so which is the like i'm living on my own and so like i i can go all over my house which is different than chris he's stuck in like a 30 by 30 foot little room well actually more like a 15 by 12 foot room oh, oh but, there you go that's smaller uh, this morning i got up i cleaned up i put on a shirt and tie to to help myself feel like it that's was good. more normal and uh you know it does it does help open up the windows let the sunshine in uh make up yeah. the bed dress dress nicely yeah that's what that's what i i was like just do what you normally do you know put on your clothes and do your brush your teeth when you're supposed to brush your teeth, you know, don't just be lax. So, but have you, so have you had a good quarantine so far? What have you been up to since we're um, not allowed to out very much? Well, since I have been here inside, uh, I've done some reading. I have done some writing. Nice. Uh, I have, I have prayed in uh, an intentional way. Um, I had I have in fact watched Netflix, uh, so that's good too. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm working through Blacklist, and uh, I'm on season six at this point. Oh. But it's taken me a long, long time to get to season six. So uh, it wasn't since like Friday. No, not started. since Friday. No, it's, it's taken me while. months to get to season okay. six. Yeah. So Chris is a big Reddington fan. So yes. Raymond Reddington, uh, just uh, I like the character. Sometimes in staff meetings, he just does impressions, and we don't know if it's him or if it's Reddington. Well, normally we know actually, because he makes it relatively clear. But that's okay. Well, um, cool. I've been I've been doing pretty well. I have. Enough food here, although I'm going to have to do like a Kroger click list pretty soon. Um, but I've been, I've, the past two days I went for a run. So I've been running, which is good to be outside. And sometimes I go on walks too, but because I like being outside. Um, uh, and I've done a little bit of woodworking, as I've been saying. And last night I was sanding and then I painted some pieces that, I'm going to use as a coat rack so um, on my door as I come in and so I'm excited about that I'm actually going to try to make them look kind of rustic and old looking and so that's going to take a little bit of I haven't ever done that before but I want to try it and see how they turn out but 
anyway, so that's been that's been pretty fun. Um, I got tested yesterday. Did you get tested today? I'm going to get tested hey. today. Um, ex- the the last possible day of exposure was was Thursday, and they they say like between four and seven days after exposure uh, yeah. is a good time to be tested. So that's. Yeah. All of this stuff we're learning, and uh, by the way, we're in quarantine. We're in different places. Um, yeah. The the staff we uh, the staff was all exposed firsthand this past week, and uh, we want to make sure that that we are safe and our church members are safe. And um, the contact tracer uh, asked uh, me to quarantine to yeah uh, to stay in put until November twenty seventh. Thanksgiving is November 26th. So happy Thanksgiving, Chris. Right. But um, yeah, we want to want to be sure that we do what what's best. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a question for you, Chris. Yes, sir. Have you ever butt dialed anyone? (laughs) Well, probably more people than I know. Uh, has it has it gone negative or positive or? Um, usually, I'm not even talking when it happens. Usually, I'm just out walking around or doing mowing the grass or something like that. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever done that. I I feel like I've definitely had people call me on accident, and then I kind of just hear a muffled room. But um, so apparently, we're doing we're covering a goofy news segment this morning. It's from CNBC, and it says that on September 24th, doctor, physician Dr. Ali Vaziri was unpleasantly surprised by a mobile alert from his bank, which said he had just purchased a 4,280 upgrade for his Tesla Model 3. So this guy has bought a Tesla, and apparently he butt-dialed like in a $4,000 upgrade for this Tesla. Uh, the large transaction he quick, quickly surmised was a butt dial or accidental purchase made through the Tesla app on his iPhone. My phone was in my jeans, he t- said. I took it out, put it on its charger. That comes with your Tesla, and that's it. A minute later, I got the text. I never purchased anything through the Tesla app. So if you've ever purchased something through butt dialing, you're not alone. Um, it's kind of a strange happening, right? So I have never purchased anything. I will say that that my experience with that was I had a church member one time um, who liked me in person, but apparently really didn't like me, and Ooh. he would he would butt dial me when talking about me in oh. incredibly colorful language one might say so i don't i don't know how that that exactly happened whether i just came up on his phone and he he happened to be thinking about it but uh so are you a fan of teslas i think teslas are cool uh i would i would have one if uh, it was in my price range are they all electronic is that the way they are or I, How do they work? I don't know. I think they're all electronic, and, okay. and you know, you pull into your charging station. Yeah, that's pretty cool. My uh, my older brother wants to get a truck that's a Tesla, but that's a lot of money. But he he makes a lot of money, so 
maybe it'd be good. And it's good for the environment if it's, you know, not using gas. But the thing for anyway, me is so that's that our Disney me story. What, go ahead. The thing for me is that, like, uh, if, if I go to visit my parents, that's 600 miles, which is longer than uh, longer than any Tesla. I, w I would have to charge and it's quicker to get gas than it is to charge. So, oh yeah, true. Hi, Patty Overing. I see that Patty has joined us. Awesome, great, cool. So that's our goofy news segment today. A doctor butt dialed a $4,000 purchase. And apparently he had a hard time getting a refund, but I think it's coming around. So we also like to talk about this day in history, interesting things that have happened on November 17th in the history books, other than John and Chris being in a boring uh, quarantine. So so what are some of the things? My favorite. My favorite happened in 1973 when okay. Richard Nixon famously declared, I am not a crook. Okay. So, okay, is this is this after Watergate? No, this was before. This is like while they're investigating as all this is oh. coming. Okay. Coming yeah. to, to fruition. He's not the only president that has kind of said something along those lines. And then, boop, we found out it was a lie. Methinks anyway. he doth protest too much. Yeah, yeah. So, so Richard Nixon said that... Um, Queen Elizabeth I came to power, the first Queen Elizabeth. And uh, so that means that the Church of England came back into existence in England. Before, for five years, was Queen Mary, who was the Bloody Mary, who killed a bunch of the Protestants. And she just liked killing people. But she was only five years, but it was very bloody years. And then Queen Elizabeth I. So the Elizabethan age begins in uh, what? Man, what a... What year was that? Was that 1558? 1558, yeah. yes. 1558, yeah. Hi, Susanna Condick. I see Susanna is watching. Um, 1558 was Queen Elizabeth. And I always, uh, as a student of ancient history, I like to think about uh, the fact that we often consider ourselves so much smarter than uh, those that have gone before us. But the Suez Canal yeah. was completed after 10 years on this day in 1869. So, you know, they're starting the Suez Canal in 1859. So those folks uh, in Egypt have been building large scale um, pieces of, of architecture and changing the land in noticeable ways uh, for many, many years. Yeah, yeah. And so it, the, the canal is officially opened on November 17th. 1869, right? 1869, yes. Wow. That's cool. It is. So those are a few cool things in history. Is there anything else that happened on this day that was... Those are my favorite. Those are my favorite, too. So that's this day in history. Cool stuff. And if you guys are history buffs, you can join us and you can let us know the cool things that are happening in history. We do not just know these things off the top of our head. We, I, I have a little saved website that tells me the cool things that happened this day in history. Um, but if, if you like this stuff, you can let us know and we'll talk about some of the things that you like that are going on in history. 
Jill has joined us, and Jill says that she's also brought some Tuesday morning ladies with her. And so, hi, Jill, and Tuesday morning oh. ladies. Good to see you all. Oh, so the, the Tuesday mornings that are part of the, yes. the Bible study? Cool. Awesome. Sweet. So our main, are you ready for the main topic? I am ready for the main topic, even though we live okay. in Kentucky. What? Even though we live in Kentucky and not Maine. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's so bit, the main topic is lobster today. No, just joking. Not lobster. Um, heaven. And talking about heaven and our conceptions of heaven, as well as like maybe what's a biblical or, or what I like to say is orthodox Christian view of heaven uh, versus kind of some of our modern views of, of heaven and, and what's kind of out there in the media. And one of the things that when I think about heaven is or when I think about anything that's Christian, a Christian topic or theme is that so often we let like the media and our culture around us tell us what we believe about these things without really like thinking about scripture because like like i remember like growing up well this was like in high school and like the nativity story had just come out and it was a movie about you know the nativity and jesus and mary and joseph and in the nativity story of course the the magi come and visit uh the people they, they visit jesus the night of his birth and like i remember one of our uh, our students uh, like when she found out that, you know, the Magi really visited Jesus like a couple years after his birth, she was like, oh, really? Like, that's not what the video told me. And I was like, this is why you're supposed to read your Bible so that you don't get all your ideas from the media or from, you know, just pop culture, kind of a, a cultural view of religion. And so um, this also happens oftentimes when we think about heaven. Right, Chris? Exactly. And so we wanted to talk about heaven a little bit today, because um, in some sense, heaven is uh, used in the New Testament. But in another sense, um, our, the New Testament doesn't talk about heaven the way we think about heaven uh, very much. And so uh, when when I first, when when oftentimes when someone says, hey, heaven is not really talked about a lot in the New Testament, the way that we think of heaven uh, today, um, oftentimes they'll come back someone will come back and say, well, Jesus talked about heaven like all the time. And so um, that's true in a sense. But what's your response to that, uh, Chris? When, when Jesus talks about Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven and we have these kingdom of heaven parables, what's he talking about? He's really talking about like the reign of God being among us right now. And and like when you look even at the Lord's Prayer, the the thy thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In other words, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven mm -hmm. exists wherever God's will is done in the world. And so, yeah. um, you know, if if your family or my family or you or I, our congregation if we do the will of God, then somehow the kingdom of heaven is is right here, superimposed upon uh, the kingdom of of this world. So, so he's really talking about kind of the spiritual reality that is is here and is available to us here and now, right? Yes. 
and and not this kind of oftentimes we think of this heaven as this kind of far off in the future idea of where I go when I die but that's not what Jesus is talking about and also like one of the things I like to point out is in the original language what Jesus the, the words Jesus were using was like the kingdom of the heavens like there's a plural there and so he's not talking about He's talking about, and that kind of changes our understanding, like the heavens as like the spiritual realm um, that is available to us now. And so um, uh, what are uh, some of the, um, as we kind of continue, Chris, what are some of the kind of the biblical views of, you know, what happens after we die versus some of the misunderstandings about um, heaven and kind of the common cultural understandings of heaven versus what's actually scriptural. Uh, the Old Testament understanding of what happens when we die is is really quite different. It, it's developed significantly in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament, um, there is this Hebrew word sheol, and Sheol is the abode of the dead or the place where uh, the dead go. And you, you think about King Saul when he is trying to raise Samuel to get some advice from Samuel. And, and Samuel is sort of annoyed because Saul has um, disturbed his rest. And, and so there's kind of a, a, an idea of how the Old Testament understands um, understands what happens when you die you go down to Sheol and Sheol is just this this kind of uh, place where there's not a lot of personality uh, there's mm -hmm. not a lot that goes on in Sheol um, Sheol is just a an underworld kind of a the the place of the dead by the time we get to Daniel the book of Daniel really talks a little more about about God's power to raise the dead and then there's always been this question in uh, in Jewish theology and then in Christian theology. Um, uh, what Who are the dead that are raised? Is it the righteous dead that are raised? Um, is it everybody that's that's raised? Uh, who who are who who is this? And so, um, yeah. in in the New Testament, though, we we get this like in the Old Testament, they expected death, rest. And then by the time of Daniel, they were expecting resurrection, mm -hmm. at okay. least at least of the righteous and maybe of everybody. So death so, happens, then some type of resting place or, or holding place, and then a resurrection kind of at the end of the age. Is that right? Yes. The New Testament speaks of that as, as like death, a, a kind of paradise, you know, Jesus says to the thief on the cross mm -hmm. next to him, yeah, today yeah. you will be with me in paradise. And so in the New Testament, we get a lot more personality, a lot more um, that it's it's less a place of nothingness and more a place of being embraced in the loving arms of God. Yeah. Uh, and still waiting for resurrection. But, but that's one of the only times that Jesus really speaks of life after death. Other than talking about the second, the resurrection kind of, right? Like on the cross, like there's not a lot of other times where he's like, when you die, we have this paradise, right? Right. And then <laughs> there is this, there is this, I go to prepare a place for you. Yeah. And if I go and prepare a place for you, then I will come again and receive you to myself. And so there's this, this period of, 
of preparation. There's this period when um, when the fullness of what God has for us isn't isn't yet expressed. Yeah, and and you know, in, in my studies, I've heard that when Jesus uses that language that I go to prepare a place for you, kind of the language he uses is kind of like a a holding area that's like kind of like a hostile hostile like you come and and I'm preparing but then there's going to be something better in the resurrection for us when when heaven comes so um as we think about this okay t- tell me what the bible gives us as a picture for well what is so what's after it, it, this you're talking about this resurrection um and we we kind of, uh, as Christians, we put the resurrection, we put the coming of new creation and uh, kind of a, a judgment day um, together. And, and so what does this all look like really for us? The interesting thing about... Uh, oh, in the second coming is that. Yeah, yeah there, there are all of these things that kind of go together. Um, the, the interesting thing about the picture of heaven, what it is that we will experience. Um, really, it's only since about the Civil War, and the Civil War being just a incredibly bloody time in American history, um, when parents lost uh, the majority of their children or significant portions yeah. of their children. It's really since the Civil War that the focus of heaven has been on on being reunited with loved ones. Up until that point, uh, most Christians had considered uh, heaven as the place where contemplation with God is possible in its fullest sense, where where loving God and being loved by God, there was a a distinctly God-centered understanding of heaven. Um, And that's not to say that uh, we won't be reunited with the saints in in heaven it's not to say that we we won't be with our our family our 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 friends but it is to say that um if that's what we're looking for in heaven then there's something far greater than that and that is yeah that is persistent communion with god the life of god being shared with us in a way that's significant and and so that's that's a big cultural difference um, yeah. that that occurs, I guess, between uh, you know kind of a popular culture and Christian theology over the last two thousand years. Yeah, yeah. I For started sure. answering your question. Uh, <laughs> you probably need to remind me of the rest of it. Yeah. So so if if there's not this if. Our ideas of heaven are, are, are what happens after we die, like life after death, is kind of not a huge important in scripture. Then what's the like life after life after death that the Bible does talk about a lot in, in the resurrection, the new creation, and the second coming of Jesus? The Bible talks about Jesus being the first of many, which mm-hmm. is one really surprising thing. Um, most Jewish people believed in uh most jewish people believed in death followed by resurrection um but there was and that and that being like 
a final resurrection at the end of the age, kind of what Martha talks about with Jesus. Yeah, when exactly. Jesus said the tomb of Lazarus. Yeah, exactly. Like I know Lazarus will rise in the end, in the end, in the resurrection. But the, the one thing that nobody was expecting was for this to happen first to one person. Yeah. And then to everybody else. And so Christianity says, take a look at Jesus. Trust in Jesus. Give yourself to Jesus. And and know that what has happened to Jesus, that's like the that's a foretaste. That's the first fruits. That's the beginning of what God is going to do for everybody. And so yeah. in the end, the general resurrection of people, uh, which is what we talk about when we say in the Apostles' Creed, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins. And then there's the resurrection of the body and the life yeah. everlasting that that yeah. our bodies will be raised. Yeah. And, and so I, I want to bring up another uh, kind of topic to think about is that um, oftentimes in our kind of modern understanding of heaven, we think of this place away from the earth. That's kind of this non-materialistic is one. It's a spiritual world, but it's like where our souls go that's separate from the earth. And, and we often have... You know, we, we sometimes quote like things like, OK, we're sojourners here and this place is not, you know, our home because we're going to end up in heaven. Um, what's kind of a, the wrong perspective? What, what's wrong with that in our understanding of, of heaven? Some of that is is biblical, that we are exiles waiting for a homeland. Um, but but some of that is wrong in that it, it seeks for us to be removed from um this beautiful world that God has called good. Um, yeah. There, there is a, the, the desire. Well, I was reading this morning uh, in my devotional time about uh, Thomas and, you know, mm -hmm. Thomas is like, okay, I will not believe unless I see the scars in his hands, unless, unless I put my finger yeah, there, there in his side. Okay. And, the next week that happens. Mm -hmm. And so here we've got Jesus beaten and battered and with, with all of these wounds. And Thomas looks at him and says, my Lord and my God. And mm -hmm. so I think we've got the idea of ghosts wrong. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. like when you die, we're not going to end up as ghosts. The real Jesus even with all of his bruises is worthy of someone falling down in front of him and saying, my Lord and my God. Um, if, if I am standing next to who I will be, it's the me now that looks like a ghost. Um, we're going to be more real yeah. in the kingdom, uh, in the, in the eternal kingdom than we are now. Yeah. We're going to be more, uh, the, the spiritual body doesn't mean, um, some kind of a cloud non, or an energy. It doesn't force. mean non-material, yeah. It's more than material, not less yeah. than material. Yeah. Yes. And so and and picking up on that a little bit, like are are the picture in Revelation of of what happens in the end of time is not that we are up and leave the earth and the earth just gets destroyed, but that heaven actually comes down to earth. 
uh, in the form of a city in the New Jerusalem, right? I saw the New Jerusalem coming down from heaven. Yes. And so there's this like, it's not like we, we so often think, oh, we're going elsewhere. But really, heaven is coming here to earth. And bringing about new creation in in a similar way that God makes us new when we trust God and when we believe in God, he makes us new creations, new creatures. He is also coming to make all of creation new and, and sinless, not just like wiping out the old, but but bringing about newness and um, a maturity and a completeness that is not there yet. So can you talk about that for the, a little bit? The New Testament talks about all creation groaning um, mm-hmm. for for what God is going to accomplish, the whole of creation. And so uh, there's just this astonishing power to me that God, yes, God forgives me and God saves my soul, mm-hmm. but God will restore, um, God yeah. will restore my body. And God will not only restore my body, but every every blade of grass in the field, every tree in the forest, every armadillo, uh, every every uh, horse or or rabbit or mm-hmm. or star. The the whole of the universe um, is being redeemed by God. All of creation, uh, and so it's a powerful reality that 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 creation is not something that God seeks to just blow up or wipe away uh, creation is something that god fully intends um, to restore and to to turn into everything that he intends for it to be yeah absolutely and that's to me brings up kind of an issue that I think it's important that if we have this view of what God wants to do in the world, and if all of creation is, you know, an important part of what God is doing in bringing new creation, then we are, well, in the beginning, we're set as kind of rulers over creation in a, in a kind of caretaking way that we are to rule as, as humans were to rule as well as to care for the earth. But if, if God is bringing new creation to all of the world, then we're not supposed to just like ignore that creation and be like, oh, it's just about saving souls. Um, no, it, it's about more bringing, you know, right relationship between humans as well as with the whole creation as well. And, and God will ultimately bring that about in the new creation, but we're called as his stewards uh, to also bring about that work as well. There's a, a biblical scholar, and I don't know if she's retired yet or not, Ellen Davis, she uh, teaches at Duke, and and she says that the initial creation story uh, has human beings exercising skilled mastery over over the world, and to exercise skilled mastery over the world is is really, I think, a, a beautiful way to put it, a beautiful way to understand uh, how we are to care, not in an unskilled way, not in a haphazard yeah. way, but in a in a positive way that allows creation to flourish. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll just I'll wrap this up by kind of reiterating one of the things that uh, Chris mentioned is like our understanding of uh, not just heaven, 
as, as a spiritual realm. And but as like this, the second coming of Jesus, the new creation, the resurrection, like the core. Um, uh, what's the word? The primary uh, characteristic of that uh, in the resurrection is that we're going to be with God in a way that's incredibly, incredibly good and is an incredible blessing. The Apostle Paul says, now I see dimly as in a mirror, then I shall see face to face. And and just um, the early Christians were like super excited about that idea. And, and I think so often when we have misconstrued understandings of heaven, we place our hope in we place our hope in things like being with our loved ones, which is, again, a great thing. And Chris and I would never say that's not going to happen. That is going to happen. But like, or like we place it, oh, it's going to be a place without crying or we're going to have golden streets or whatever. Like That's all good stuff. But the primary characteristic of, of what it's going to be like is that we're going to be with God in, in a new, in a way, new way that is like, just overwhelming and and good and so um that's really the promise and and really the heart of the christian life is pursuing a relationship with god pursuing his presence and learning to delight in god and to, and to love god and to keep him as lord of our lives and so um and if we don't learn to love god now um, yeah. there is there is no way we will be comfortable in heaven yeah, because heaven is is about loving God. It is about yeah. like entering fully into that uh, mm-hmm. into that communion. Uh, I'm I'm reading Augustine's famous treatise on the Trinity, and and over and over again, he he envisions this everlasting contemplation of God by the saints, which I think is is just a beautiful a beautiful metaphor of of always having the best of God on your mind, always, um, always having the Lord before you, around you, uh, within you, strengthening you. Uh, It's just, yeah, it's, it's nice, nice language. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, that's our conversation about heaven and new creation and being with God. Um, there's a lot there. Um, there's a lot to process and we'd encourage you to read the scriptures too that talk about the new creation not only um the parts in revelation but the parts in you know the gospels and um what paul talks about actually i preached on a topic on a passage that covers the second coming first thessalonians um and then i'm going to preach on a topic a passage again very shortly that's a different author peter talking about the coming of the lord and pastor chris assigned me those and i was like oh cool so but this this kind of format gives us a little more you know conversational feel around uh, the second coming and new creation and what we think about heaven and so so what do i expect to happen when i die um if i yeah good question yeah what do i expect to happen when i die okay um I expect some part of me that uh, might be called my spirit in Ecclesiastes, this beautiful image of death says the spirit returns to God who gave it. Um, I expect some part of me to reside with God and to be conscious of that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
until the resurrection. I expect my body to be in a grave that is facing east because facing east has, for whatever reason, always been, you know, the 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 direction toward the sunrise. Um, yeah. And the direction of of resurrection. Towards Jerusalem too. Well, for the uh, for those oh, of us here. in the on the <laughs> east coast, yes, it's kind of toward yeah. Jerusalem, but it's a little southeast. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, when I die, I expect to to know God. I expect to know others, and I expect to rest until, mm -hmm. as the scriptures say, the trumpet will sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and the perishable shall put on imperishability. Yeah. Um, my gout in my right toe the the perishable will be in yeah. will put on imperishability uh, the mortal will put on immortality you know this uh yeah. this this part of me that gets old uh will will put on a a being that that won't age uh and then will be fulfilled to the scripture death where's your victory death where's your sting so so I, I expect a couple of parts, you know, I expect death followed by a, a conscious um, resting with God, followed by the resurrection of the dead at the end of time. Yeah, absolutely. And the beautiful part is, the best part is that we'll be with God. At and no time is God right absent God. from us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, we could talk for a long time about this, but we're going to go ahead and wrap up. So uh, we are in quarantine and the church is kind of locked down. The Operation Christmas Child is still going on. So the folks who are um, uh, collecting boxes for that are doing that. And then uh, tomorrow night, we're going to be live on Facebook again for our Bible study that we're doing. And that's... Uh, What's that on, Chris? Remind me. It's going to be on Shalom. Peace. Okay. Yeah, there you go. So um, that and that's going to be six o'clock. We're going to do it in the same format as we've done here. And if we can get a PowerPoint, that would be really cool. But I'm not sure that we're going to be able to do that. So um, that's okay. And then worship with us online on Sunday. We will have a, a, a video to stream for our worship. This Sunday is Christ the King Sunday which is the end of the Christian calendar. So we're saying goodbye to 2020, in a sense, the, the Christian <laughs> year, uh, because Advent begins the new year. But it's Christ the King Sunday where we celebrate the Christ Lordship in our lives. Um, and also just uh, say a word about paying attention to communications and whatnot. Yes, there are a lot of things that are going on. And hi, Teresa. I see that Teresa has joined us. Um, a lot of things that are going on. And please pay attention to your communications from the church. Uh, the church offices will not reopen before December 1st. However, with the numbers that have been coming in recently, it may be um, that as far as our preparations in the church go, We've been we've moved to phase three of the reopening plan and we're in a red county. Everything's everything's going up. Um, we may need to to back off back to phase two. So so pay attention to well, what we have to say um, with respect to that, even even when our 
December 1st reopening of the offices uh, comes back. It doesn't mean that everything is going to come back exactly as it was. Yeah, absolutely. So um, that's about it for tonight, though. We'll be we'll be here next week also on Tuesday at 1220. And next week, uh, Darren, our youth pastor, is going to be joining us and we're going to be chatting uh, with him a little bit. And I'm excited for that. Um, but that about wraps it up for today's episode. So, Chris, would you mind sending us out with a, is that right? Okay. That's all right. I just want to thank everybody for bearing with us as we try new things and as we uh, try to continue to, to do the things that we do at church when we're not at church. And uh, yeah. there was a time we tried to do that when John and I could be at church. And now there's a time when, when John and I are at home. And so thank you for yeah. all of your, uh, your patience and uh, your, your willingness to continue with us. Hi, Sheila Leonard. Uh, good to see you. And as we go, mm -hmm. um, I'm going to offer you this blessing. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ go with you wherever he may send you, and may he guide you through the wilderness. May he protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing with all the wonders that he has shown you. Go in peace. The grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of Almighty God the Father, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. See you guys. Hope to see you tomorrow night.